0: Hello, my friend. Welcome to the program. This is the Friday edition for this week of broadcasting. I hope you have had a great week walking with the Lord. If it's possible, get your Bible and join me as mine sits open to the book of Amos, chapter 8. Amos, chapter 8. In a moment, I will begin to read at verse 4, along with getting your Bible, get something on which you can jot some notes. And I say that every day, but. I want you to know I try to make the passage clear using a good, usable outline so that you can come back later on, reread the passage, and the notes help you think your way through the passage. That's my goal. That's why I do it. So get your Bible. Get something on which you can jot some notes. That is, unless you're driving in your car, then you'd better just keep your hands and eyes on the road and the wheel. Now, I have a gospel tract in my hand I want to talk about, but let me lead into this study this way. I am a lover of old-time radio. My car has satellite radio in it, so I can listen to the station that has those classic old-time radio programs. Recently, I heard the program called The Clock the clock. It's an oldie-goldie. It was one of those suspenseful programs that ran every week back in the 1950s. Well, the clock program always began with this phrase, which was spoken very slowly. The phrase was this, it is later than you think. And the one that was saying those words even said that slower than I did. Now, I thought of that very statement as I was here studying in Amos chapter 8. The people of Israel at that time were living a fast and loose life in sin. They would not listen to God's word. They would not listen to God's preachers. And here in chapter 8, they're going to learn that it was later than they thought. Let me show you. Get your Bible and join me, the book of Amos, chapter 8. Well, I mentioned the gospel tract in my hand. That word tract is spelled T-R-A-C-T. It's a reference to a short written presentation of the gospel, the good news of how to be saved from your sin, how to have the gift of eternal life given to you. I said gift. Eternal life is a gift from God, not of works lest any man, woman, boy or girl should boast. Oh friend, you can be a youngster and be born again, be saved, have the new birth Given to you. You can receive the gift as a child or as an older person. But unless a person is saved, they cannot go to heaven. That's why Jesus said, Except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, the track in my hand today is entitled A Would Be Suicide. A Would Be Suicide. What I love about this track is that. Well, it opens, sadly, because a man, an adult man, is ready to commit suicide. He's going to a restaurant to have a last meal. He has his gun with him, with which he's going to kill himself. But during eating that meal, he looks over to a 16-year-old girl, and she is doing something that just grabs his attention. He goes over and talks to her, and that day, rather than committing suicide, he commits his life to Christ. Now, you're going to have to get the track to find out what that 16-year-old girl did. But it's a powerful, powerful thing when teenagers and young people living godly lives can impact not only adults, but adults in traumatic moments of their life. Friend, people can be saved no matter what's happening in their life. Oh, please. At the end of the program, my announcer is going to give you three different ways by which you can give to us your name and your mailing address. Please do that. Contact us. Give us your name. Give us your mailing address. I want to send you a free sample packet containing over 40 gospel tracks, all the English gospel tracks that we produce. I'll send them to you free of charge. This one, A Would Be Suicide, it's going to be in there. You're going to like it. Not only get the tract, but then give them out that people might be saved. Amen? All right. If your Bible is open in front of you to Amos chapter 8, I begin at verse 4. Here is what the Bible says. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail, saying, When will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn? And the Sabbath, when's that going to be gone, that we may sell wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and falsifying the balances by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes? Yea, and sell the refuge of the wheat." the Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob. Surely I will never forget any of their works. Let me go down to verse 11. Here's what it says. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. Stop, please, right there. I hope to cover all of verses 14, uh, 4 to 14 today, but due to time, I just cannot read the entire passage. My outline for chapter 8 goes like this. Verses 1, 2, and 3 is the seen part, S-E-E-N. There Amos sees a vision. Then in verses 4 to 10, we have the sin part sin, S-I-N. Here, God rehearses the key sins for which he's going to judge the nation of Israel. But then in verses 11 to 14, that section I've called the silence, the silence of God. We're going to see that in that section in a moment here, But when we were back in chapters one and two of our study of Amos, we saw that God judged eight nations, nations judged, and their crimes for which God was judging them were found there, and they were all guilty. Now, we're going to see some of those same charges brought here as God judges Israel. I can summarize the three key sins mentioned here in verses 4 to 6 using three words that begin with the letter D. The three words are this, disdain, dishonor, and deception. Now, the wealthier and more powerful people in society, they were disdaining the poor people. They were just abusing them economically, selling them, buying them, and so on then they dishonored holy days. They wanted the holy days done and over so they could get back to business. And when they did get back to business, they used deception. They deceived in their business practices. I would love to tell you more about verses six there, but time forces me to move on. In verses four to 10, the section I entitled The Sin These verses can be lumped into two parts. In verses 4 through 7, the wickedness, the wickedness of the people in general is given. The list of their sins is given. But then in verses 8 to 10, we have the woefulness, the wickedness, 4 to 7, and then the woefulness in verses 8 through 10. Just how awful was God's judgment going to be on the nation? Well, evidently God really wanted them to get it. He wanted them to get it so bad that he gave them three pictures. We men in particular, we learn a lot by the visual, don't we? God wanted them to get how bad the judgment was going to be, so he gave them three pictures. In verse 8, God pictures his judgment as a flood. Verse 8 opens with the word trembling there, which very well could refer to an earthquake, but Verse 8 ends with these words that I'm reading now. It shall rise up wholly as a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. Now, recent floods here in our own country, the United States of America, have served to truly demonstrate how completely, how devastating a flood can be to a large area. That's the picture God uses there in verse 8. But then, in verse nine, he gives the picture of darkness. Verse nine reads, "It shall come to pass in that day," saith the Lord God, "that I shall cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth as in a clear uh, in a clear day." Well, dearly beloved friend, guess what happened? Right around the time of Israel's collapse. There was a solar eclipse. Now, verse 9 may very well be referring to that solar eclipse or simply be using the picture uh, that the folk would understand of darkness. Darkness was one of the plagues back in Egypt when the children of Israel had the Passover. Remember? Darkness happened at Calvary when Jesus died for our sins. Darkness came for three hours there. Darkness is not a signal of hope and joy, but of doom. That's why in the Scriptures, Jesus says when it comes to judging sinners eternally, that sinners who reject Christ, they will be cast into guest. What? Outer darkness. Those are Jesus' words. Darkness is an ominous thing. Well, then in verse 10, picture number three is the picture of the death of your only son. In the society of that day, there, sons were the key to the family's future. They, the sons, inherited the land that they carried on the family name. To have many sons was a great blessing. To have only one son was wearisome and worrisome. But listen to part of verse 10, speaking about the coming day of judgment. At the end of verse 10, it says, I will make it the day of judgment as the morning of an only son and the end thereof as a bitter, bitter day. What a tragedy for a family to have only one son. But then had that son die at a young age. That's how God's pictures the judgment coming on this nation. Chapter eight of Amos ends with silence, silence. Verse 11 says that God was going to bring upon the nation a famine, not of food, not of water, but a famine of his word. There would be no more preaching. There'd be no more offering of repentance. The time for God's grace to be received was over and gone. I may return on Monday to the verse there at verse 11 through 14. But for today, would you please allow me to ask you some questions? Question number one is this. Are you, friend, sinning away God's offer to repent of your sin and be saved from your sin and have the gift of eternal life? are you sending that offer away? Are you postponing that day? You're saying, I'll have plenty of time to do that. Now, perhaps the question for you is this, do you think you're always going to have another opportunity to get saved? One of our gospel tracks is entitled this, I Have Plenty of Time. It's a track written about a gal named Mary, a true story, who as a teenager thought she had plenty of time to be saved. She heard the gospel. Her heart was pricked by the need for the gospel, for her to repent of her sin. But she had one more party to go through. She had one more party to enjoy, and that night she died. She didn't get saved. But, friend, she thought she had all kinds of time yet. Or, let me ask you, dear believer friend, Do you think you can continue to postpone sharing the gospel with that dear friend, dear person that you care about so much? Do you feel you can postpone sharing with them the gospel for another time because, well, you'll have plenty of time? Oh, friend, we mess around with time. God is very careful about our time. We need to be. Don't postpone obeying the prompting of God in your life, the prompting to receive Christ as Savior, the prompting to receive Him today. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309 828 6888. That's 309 828 Six eight eight eight. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated.